Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Oh my god, that's gross. Corey Feldman does not know how to eat a freaking pizza pizza. Completely changed the face of everything. It's good, it's very unique. I will give it that. Oh, thanks. I don't want to embarrass myself. Should I embarrass myself? No, that's... Please, no. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I am embarrassed. Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Where each episode we highlight a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie came out at the same time, or maybe the movie didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, and decide whether the movie is worth a revisit. As always, if you enjoy our podcast and the sound of our voices, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast now. And before we talk about this week's movie, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing all right. Yeah, you're doing okay? Yeah. You're doing all right? Are you okay? Are you going to be awake for this? We are uh, We are definitely doing this late at night at our offices. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Listen, th- sometimes these things need to happen. Uh, yeah, everything's going well. Um, I'm a little tired, but I think this monster I'm drinking right now will wake me up. I'm drinking a Red Bull. Ah, product placement. Yes. <laughs> One of them will surely give us some cash to product place more. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm a little uh, excited about this week's movie because I, not that I chose it, well I did, but this is a movie that I remember fondly from because this is a movie from my, oh, I don't want to say my youth, but I was probably, when this came out, I was 18? Yes, 18. I had to do a quick math. The formative years. Ah, uh, yes. This, this was actually formative years of, of my, uh, in terms of watching independent cinema. But who cares about that right now? We'll get to that later. The movie that I am talking about is the 1993 neo-noir western... Yeah, mystery. I guess I heard. I saw neo noir a couple times. Neo noir definitely makes sense. I like right. that. Yeah, I'm talking about Red Rock West. I'm glad you had to say that, not me. I'm gonna flub that so many times. You don't have to say the it's movie a, all the time. It's not culture. the town is not called Red Rock West. It's called Red Rock. All right. So, real quickly, let's just get into some some things. This is actually not one. I know we usually when we break down when the movie comes out. This isn't one where I can tell you, so it came up against this movie and this movie and that movie because this was a limited release and it really didn't get a major release. So there's different release dates from my, my quote unquote research. So I have it's released on April 4th, 1994. That was in its limited run. But it was also released on January 28th, 1994 by a theater owner in San Francisco who had seen the movie it, done a fe- it basically it, this movie was made in early I believe early December 1991 to 1992 January 1992 then it really didn't find a place anywhere it did a festival run people started you know people it started getting word of mouth uh, this one owner in San, Fr- San Francisco movie theater owner really liked it so he kind of pushed it to have a theatrical release a small one and then from there, buzz grew, and then it started creeping out um, in some of the theaters. But m- where I had saw this movie was on video, because it was basically, as it did its festival run, 
it was deemed a direct-to-video movie, and that's where it went, and that's where I saw it. I can't really tell you this went up against so-and-so. I can tell you that the week after this came out, Ace Ventura Pet Detective came out, but that doesn't matter because those are, I was everywhere. So. Oh, exactly. Right. <laughs> All right, that's, that's <laughs> quite all right. That's quite enough of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's 98 minutes long. It's rated R, had a budget of $8 million. Uh, its domestic gross was $2.5 So clearly... We're not gonna. It's it's forgotten for a variety of reasons. One of which probably nobody saw it in the theater. I'll tell you this: it's nowhere to be found. Yes, you, we did. We'd have a tough time <laughs> rewatching it unless you own it or get it by other means. You can't really. You couldn't get it because there's no way to get it yeah. digitally, really, at all, including purchasing it or renting it on any medium that I could find. Right. Uh, you could buy a used DVD <laughs> or go on the dark webs. Well, Basically, I don't, I, I don't know anything about we that. We don't support that, obviously. But I will say this: I will now. This has also reemphasized my, I guess, my love for video stores, mm-hmm. and I really, it's really a shame that there's none around. I know it's great; it, we can get anything, anything, everywhere we want. It's you can you get anything you want, but there are movies that you can't get, and for those movies, where the heck are you supposed to go? I mean, we need these places where we can congregate and say, hey, I want to see that movie. I miss the end cap of full moon entertainment horror movies like Puppet Masters and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Doll Man. So anyways, back to Red Rock West. Uh, this, was not, this was directed by John Dahl. After this movie, he did The Last Seduction, which is also what he's known for. That's also the movie that made Laura Fiorentino kind of known. He... But he, now I think he does mostly TV. I know he's had a bunch of psych episodes, but he does a lot of TV now. It was also written by him, I believe, with his brother. It was nominated for a, an award for writing, directing, for an independent spirit award. So that's pretty much where it went in award season-wise. stars Nicolas Cage as character Michael, J.T. Walsh as Wayne, Lara Flynn Boyle as Suzanne, and Dennis Hopper as Lyle. Those are the four mains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're pretty much all over the place, and and that's pretty much them. That's the story is them. Now, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come right out and say it. I like this movie a lot. Wow, early I know, praise. Right? I am early praise. Early <laughs> praise. I'm curious because you have not seen this movie. I have not. So no. This was one of the initial films on the list. So this is one of the initial ones that you suggested. Hey, let's put this. I think this is top. Th- this is one of the. This is like the third one on our list. Of, well, hey, we, we should watch these movies. When we first started talking about doing this podcast, and we just listed a bunch of movies that we wanted to do, this was one. This was the first movie that I put up there. I mean, I could technically. I think I put the Last Seduction up there too. It's on the list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, because uh, it's lower on the list. Though. This was wait. This is very high up. Right. This is you, uh, the you. I remember because. The movie that you, we, we did with you, Collateral, that the one that you picked, mm-hmm. starring Tom Cruise, that was something that you saw that movie and you wanted to become an actor, right? Or that was one of the movies that- makes sense. Yeah, that was, right. that was a very important film right. for me, yes. Now, I'm not going to say that Red Rock West was that for me, mm-hmm. but Red, this movie came out in the early 90s, and in the early 90s was when independent cinema was, I want to say a boom, but it was- Pretty much like late 80s, early 90s is when you would find movies like this, like Red Rock West, A Last Seduction, even Clerks a little, because that's 94, uh, Slacker. Uh, Days of Confused, I guess that could count. But there, this is one of those movies that when you go to a video store and you're looking for something to watch and you find this movie, it's like one of those gems that you can find that you can't find anywhere else. And that's one of the 
the things about this movie is like you watch it and it's just basically one of the movies within probably when I just started to watch everything. Mm-hmm. When I was like, oh my God, there's all these movies out there that I don't ever see, that you know, limited release, and you start learning about all that stuff. I mean, I'm 18 back then, so I don't know anything about limited releases and and you know movies that come out in one theater for one week and you never hear of, and yeah. you know, going into the city to watch something that you're never going to see. You know, I, even though I found this on directed video, like you go to the video store and you look at it, you just look at all the movies that are there, and you're just like, I don't know, I never heard of these movies. Like, these are one, this is one of those movies that I found, I watched, I'm like, wow, this is really good. What else is there? And it kind of spurred me to watch, look, seek out other independent cinema and other films like this and indie films. So that's probably why I'm connected to this movie a little bit more than maybe the other ones we do. At least okay. for now. That's so, good. but I'm curious to see how you reacted to it. I mean, you and you're, you're coming at to this. It's obviously a dated movie. I grew up watching films from the '90s and, and the '80s, so I mean, that's the age of the film didn't really affect me. I will say that the, I mean, this is because like, you can't find it anywhere. It did look old only in terms of it looks like it wasn't taken care of. Whatever transfer went to, I'm sure the DVD or whatever digital copy that you had, it just looked. Like, they didn't really take care of the film. But other than that, it's like, I don't judge a film just because it was made in the early 90s and looks like an early 90s film. That's that's fine for me. That's great. Um, I wouldn't mind, uh, like, a little Blu-ray uh, restoration uh, of this and Last Seduction, like a dual-disc type of thing. Right. I mean, I, I'd buy that right away. I think Red Rock, Red Rock West kind of needs that kind of cleanup because at the beginning, I was like, ooh, the, some of the brighter scenes, you really see a lot of the grain kind of eating away at the whatever transfer they had. <laughs> well, we'll talk about some of that stuff, uh, the lighting and whatnot, because I had, I had some... What we, I talked about that briefly with you before we started. Um, I, I just remember that I, I between this, this is always like when they talk about John Dahl, well, when people remember John Dahl doing these movies, they talk about Red Rock West and The Last Seduction together. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually like this movie more than The Last Seduction. I can tell. <laughs> well, <laughs> b- because The Last Seduction is 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 popular, or people know it more, is because you know Linda Fiorentino's in it, and Linda Fiorentino has very few clothes in it, and you know it's sexual, and she's you know. Her character, she's coming on. It's just, it's it's risque, and, right? Yeah. It's and so that's why a lot of people remember it. But I, the reason why I enjoy this movie is because I like I like the four actors. Um, I you know I really miss J T. Walsh. I know he passed away a while ago. I that's yeah. I, I get it, but that's one of the things I really yeah. like about the movie. I really miss J T. Walsh. He was he's he was in everything he was. He was a great asshole in a lot of stuff. Yep. And he's just he was a great character actor. He's fantastic in um Pleasantville. And that was one of the last movies he did. But he's also good and do you remember the movie with Kurt Russell where he is the truck driver? Yes. Yeah. Uh what was it? I don't remember the name. I know I know the movie you're talking about. I don't remember the name. It's not rundown. That's gonna bother me. This is gonna bother me. But I'll remember it. <laughs> I'll remember it one day. All right. So tell me one thing so so before cause I know I'm sitting here waxing po- uh poetic about this movie tell me what tell me your first reactions and then i'll and then i'll just tell you when you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) all right let me tell you the stuff i didn't like before i go oh we're going to the we're going to the not likes you're gonna go with the not likes before the likes Uh, uh, before we do that the movie was breakdown okay here we go the was the movie with kurt russell and a breakdown yes okay i'm glad Uh, you found it thank you (laughs) um another good movie directed by fellow connecticut jonathan masto all right go ahead go Okay, so there's a couple of things about the movie that kind of seemed a little 
like I get it about the Western noir kind of feel to it. The constant strumming on the guitar at the beginning for the first 30 minutes of the film. The twang. I wanted to take the guitar and bash it over somebody's head. I, I hated that. Like After the first couple, I, I got what the movie was. When we drive into the field, you're really hammering it into the audience's head. All right, this is a Western. This is a Western. It's a Western. It's a West. I get it. It's, it, it's a freaking Western. Stop. <laughs> and then you get some synth in there, and then they twang the guitar again. <laughs> uh, I found the beginning a little ridiculous. Okay, hold on. What part? The very beginning. When he drives up, he parks in the middle of the street for no reason. He does his one-handed push-ups in the middle of the He's road. He's got to get his exercise. He shaves his face with a ru- rusty bucket of uh, just rainwater. Because he's a real man. Uh, <laughs> it's like, come on. This is what men do. This is what real men do, Butler. They 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 shave themselves yeah, in the middle of the desert. Again, he's 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 rough. Tough uh, tough guy. So some of that stuff bothered me at the beginning. I will say, um, though, I, that part kind of bothered me in the beginning. It did start to really throw off a big time um, Twin Peaks vibe. I don't know because of the, the because Laura Flynn Boyle's in it. No, because this was before Laura Flynn Boyle even appeared. I'd say the, up to even a little bit after, but up to like he drives into Wayne's bar. Uh, while well, Michael drives into Wayne's bar, it seems it, it gave off that feel, like the music, the style, the shots, the color, the 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 Western kind of noir mystery feel to it. That that's something Twin Peaks at times really brought to the forefront. Okay, so before we keep going, yes, I'm gonna break down what the movie's about because we have not done that. I realized when you, <laughs> you kept gushing over the movie, and I was like, eh, all right. uh, I know that's fine. Listen, we try to follow. We try to follow some kind of some kind of form and format and structure, but clearly, you know, we suck at this right now. Well, he's way too in love with this movie. Shut up. So, I'll, all right. So basically, the story is this: Nicholas Cage, pay, excuse me, Nicholas Cage, that's his name, plays Michael, an ex-marine who is basically looking for. He doesn't have any work; he's unemployed. So he goes and looks for a job. As Mike was just talking about, uh, he's shaving and he's doing some push-ups, getting his routine in. God forbid, you man exercises on the side with some one-arm <laughs> push-ups. Everyone flips out when Jack Palance does the, the Oscars, but my man can't do it in the middle of the street in this movie. The friggin' highway. But anyway, so he tries to go get a job. He's got a bum knee. He doesn't. He goes. To the, which is interesting because he goes to the job and, and he tells them that he's got the bum knee and the kid's like, why'd you tell him that? It didn't seem fair. So you, right off the bat, you know, this guy's a decent man. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's, not, he's not trying to steal, he's not trying to lie. He's, he's a good man, but he doesn't have a job. Mike, why'd you tell him about your leg? You'd have found out sooner or later. So what? By then you'd have had the job. That wouldn't be right. So then he's driving down, he's trying to get work. Guy tells him, go to Red Rock. Goes to Red Rock, which is a small town. You know, you know. I think population like fifteen hundred or something like that. Goes to this bar. Now he's his plate. He's probably got Texas plates on his car. He is. He's the bartender Wayne, played by J T. Walsh, thinks that he's there for a job that Wayne has asked for him to do, which is the job is to kill his wife. Uh, to basically, like just to kill her, and then he's going to pay him. But he. So Michael doesn't know this. Wayne says, "Hey, you were late. You're supposed to be here last week." You know, are you Lyle? You're here for the job. So Michael's like, yeah, that's me. Finds out what it was. Goes to goes to the wife is played by Lara Flynn Boyle. She plays Suzanne. Goes to Suzanne's house. Tells him, you know, your husband wants to kill you. She, she's like, I'll double that. He's like, take some money, and he takes off. But then you find out that he can't get away because the real hitman comes, which is Lyle, who's played by Dennis Hopper, and basically all hell breaks loose. And we'll get through that, but. But that's the gist of the story. Uh, this good guy who makes one bad decision 
and then he can't he basically is just trying to survive mm-hmm. um so continue <laughs> um you were talking about how you didn't like the twang. The twang, but then I liked the Twin Peaks and this other Right, all. which this is this came after Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks was 91, right? Uh, it's early 90s. Yeah, it's it's after, because she, definitely it's, after? I'm pretty sure it's after. All right, that's fine. Um, It still gave me the feel. It's still around the time period. It is after, yeah, because Twin Peaks was in 89 to 91. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much how she got, not the, how she got this job, but that's, I mean, that's... That's what made put right. on people's radar. Right. Uh, so... It's a lot of the stuff in the beginning that kind of bothers me in terms of like kind of the heavy handedness of setting up the theme. Although, I mean, it does establish character and establish the look of the film. Uh, at the beginning, I was just kind of like, uh. another thing that bothers me a lot, maybe more than it probably should, is his bum knee. What? It doesn't really. It, it feels like it should be really important at the beginning, and then they mention it like three times in the film, and it really never comes up. He climbs buildings, he mm-hmm. goes over a, a plank, he gets thrown off trucks, he goes down a hill, he runs. It's like, well, what's, what's he catches a train? I think the knee is there. The the is primarily for the beginning. Like I talked about, how he doesn't lie. He tells. Then you get the gas station scene. So why do you need the knee? What do you mean? In the gas station scene when no one answers his call for the gas station and there's the cash box right there. Yeah, I, I think cash. that's just another reminder that he's not, He even though he's desperate, he's not going to do that. I, I, I get that. But I, 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 okay, does he need the knee? No. I, I, I don't know if maybe he doesn't need the knee or maybe the, the knee could have been played a little bit more. It just seems like the knee is ignored when it's convenient for the okay. plot. That's fine. That's fair. It's a little... Too crisscrossy. It's a little what? crisscrossy. Crisscrossy. Oh, this person's this. Oh no, he was this person. Or I'm gonna betray you. Now I'm gonna betray you. Are we gonna partner up? Are we like that? That kind of seemed a little like okay. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so once again, I'm gonna stop you right there. All right. If you haven't seen this movie, <laughs> man, we are like batting a thousand right now. So we're gonna spoil this movie. So I apologize. Just feel free to pause and come back. I thought it was an actual. I thought it was a really cool twist that that they were the that they embezzled were embezzlers that they weren't like Wayne and Suzanne weren't who they said they were, and then you get that sense that, that, that Suzanne's cool. yeah. not legit or she's not a good person when she basically doubles the offer when he's gonna kill her and she's like I'll give you double that and you can just take off right and he's still kind of like oh I'm gonna be with you and that that, that kind of bothered me I I didn't buy his sudden. Oh yeah, we can run away to Mexico and be like. Well, I think that was a lot of her. That's her. She's she's always saying like, let's just go away, and he was just like. But he agrees to go along with. But a that's lot also of in the afterglow of them having sex, so it I was not that. like it's. It's. it's, it's, it's it, I think he's trying to find a way out most of the time. Absolute, I think he. Right. So, oh, absolutely. So I I don't think that he don't go back to the town. <laughs> well, that well the, the well the first time he's trying to get away when when basically Wayne drives off the road because he's got him right after the uh, he picks up the. The boyfriend, mm-hmm. boyfriend gets shot, and he pay, and he he doesn't want to take him to the hospital, but he does. And then you see that you know it's J T. Walsh. He's the he's the he's the, the uh, excuse mayor. me, Wayne's the, the sheriff. is the sheriff. So then he drives off the road. And he's gonna get rid of him. Hunts him down. Like after that, after like he he's forced back into the town because he meets he runs into Lyle. I do like that cyclical nature right. of you can't escape the town. That kind of like hotel right. California. Keep going back. Yeah. Right. 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 So I think that, uh, and then I th- why does he he goes back the second time? Oh, because she wants to get the money. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's the only. Even though that he he lied about the job, 
he's the only redeemable person in this movie, so you're, he's the only one you're going to root for. Oh, absolutely. Right. I get that. I, it's just convenient for the story. Like, oh, we have to get him back because he's our character we're following. That's all. Did it's you? Just, right. I, overall, though, those are my only complaints about the movie. Did you see uh, Blood Simple? Did you ever see Blood Simple? No. I know that's on our list. God damn it, Butler. <laughs> You're really starting to... Oof. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've seen Blood Simple. Let's you have, put it that way. Well, you, you probably have. You would have seen it. It's with it's the Coen Brothers. One of the, It's their first movie. It's from 84. Oh, I, I've seen this one. Okay. I remember because it popped up as a recommended when I searched Red Rock West. Yes. When I was trying to find but it. But you haven't seen it. I've seen most Part, of it. Okay. It's very similar. Yeah. Very similar. Um, Blood Simple's... A much better movie, <laughs> uh, and that's just because the Coen Brothers are fantastic. Um, and that's that's no slight on this movie, but it's just, but it it's very much like Blood Simple. It's also very similar to A Simple Plan, mm-hmm. Bill Paxton. Okay, that kind of you have characters that are not entirely heroic or not entirely. I don't want to say legit again, but not entirely good. They have you know like evil tendencies and, and money and greed and all that stuff. Like, Lara Flynn Boyle, excuse me, Suzanne, mm-hmm. she gets greedy when she goes back. And you don't really know at that point when she sends him back that, that she embezzled that money. Right. Well, clearly she did. She knew about it, even though she lied to him. Well, I think that's just inherent to the, kind of like the Western noir, if that's going to be a subgenre that people are going to talk about. That's that's very inherent to it. Look at No Country for Old Men. It's very much the same way. It, it's There are no truly good characters I mean, you're talking bottom of the barrel, the best of the bottom of the barrel, pretty much. Well, I mean, I think it it, it speaks to human nature. We all have good and evil inside of us, and we right. all choose every day well, with varying degrees. I'm not saying like I'm not saying good and evil. Where like I'm going to murder somebody, or you know, I'm going to. Well, I would also say that it's not even about being making the evil choice; just making acts, making a mistake, being a good person, but making one mistake. We've all made mistakes in our life, even if we're good people. Yeah, and it's, it's paying for them to an extreme degree. And Michael's Michael's desperate, and he makes that decision to accept a job that he doesn't know what it's for, but it's for somebody else. So he's right. just like, "Sure, I'll take it." And then what are you going to do? You can't say, "Oh, by the way, I'm not a hitman," and then get what murdered in the office. And he's and he's trying to get out of it. And and the this whole it's all this whole movie. He's trying to make up for one bad decision. He can't. He just wants to leave. He's take right. that money. He's going to leave Red Rock. He's never going to come back. And he just keeps getting Coming brought back. back. Yep, absolutely. What, so I wanted to talk about. The lighting. I wanted to talk about the cinematography. I was having this conversation with my friend, he, who's a cinematographer, and I had mentioned to him, I go, I never, because I hadn't seen this movie in 20 years probably, and the scene when he's running in the woods, uh, like the first time Wayne's chasing him, yep. completely bright, like super moonlight blue bright. And I know that's not a stylistic choice. It's almost like they just had all these lights and just like turn them on we gotta see them all we gotta see everything I agree yep and there's and then the scene when Lyle goes to the house and he's looking for them and they're, they're, they've left the house at this point uh, uh, Suzanne's house when he's on to them right before he smacks with the statue yes yes okay, yeah, yeah. okay so when they get to the house he get he goes through the bedroom door you you can see his shadow on the wall on behind him like somebody's hitting him with a spotlight and I'm like where is that light coming from? That's not from above. That's clearly not a source light that we're supposed that is clearly just a light shooting through. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying like, you know, why that choice is made. I am pretty it's an 8 million dollar movie. It, it's a low budget movie. It's probably they they could they did what they could, but it it seemed very much like TV lighting, like light everything in the frame. 
I got TV movie vibe off of this. Um, yeah. A lot of scenes, especially, like you said, that scene definitely put me, like, as soon as he smacked him, that scene in the in the bedroom is darker, but the hallway where he comes at him is lit, I noticed, from the side, mm-hmm. from the back, and from the front, which is really weird. Yeah. And I, after he smacked him, I was expecting to fade the black commercial break. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm not, I'm actually, I'm okay with the outside lighting. I mean, that's fine. That's, that's. The outside lighting works for the noirness of it. That right. kind of neon look when to it, the city. The inside stuff. Well, the bar, the bar is, the bar is lit well. It's dark. I mean, like. I, I think bars are just lit well. It just, bars, a lot of bars work for movies to begin well, with. Personally, uh, I'm not a, personally when I'm shooting something or when I'm working with, you know, a cinematographer, a director of photography, I'm okay with shadows. I'm okay with dark shadows. I always say shadows are in life. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with playing with that. I, I don't. I don't need everything lit. I don't need everything in focus. It, it, depending upon what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for the sake of, I guess, speed in terms of production wise, I'm. I'm. I'm curious if if they were just kind of like, we got to get it done. Let's go. Let's get it done. And, and boom, boom. And that's fine too because I get that. I get that idea of indie filmmaking. I understand that. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. The ending actually had more of that kind of noir, that kind of crime, dark kind of feel when they're in the cemetery. The cemetery seems right. like a set. Uh, it I might not have been. I don't know. But it was. It was the cemetery I, was a well chosen um, locale. Locale. And it's lit it well, was, and it's yeah. got the, you got the fog and stuff like that. Absolutely. And then when the train, that's fun. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I actually. I, 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 my complaint is not, I'm not complaining about the lighting. I just noticed it more, and and maybe that's because 20 years removed from when I first saw it, I know a little bit more, so I can recognize you know why it is the way it is, and that's fine. I just thought that was interesting that I'm just like this, like you said, like this is like TV movie almost, like it's just everything lit, so we have everything in front, everything. The only you know, time I really noticed see. was that house, but I did notice it that yeah, one oh, scene with, spotlight? with yeah. that spotlight. It was way too bright for a house light. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what what other stuff did you enjoy? So at first I didn't enjoy, like I said, I didn't enjoy him shaving with the rusty razor, doing the one-handed push-ups. <laughs> I don't understand and his, why he's... limp, I was like, I didn't understand all that. And when he shoots out the headlight, and it's like, oh, I shot he shoots out the headlight when J.T. Walsh's character, um, when um, right, Wayne when is he, after him, he shoots back shoot at him. the headlights, it goes down. It's like, that's a good shot. <laughs> that was an accident. Well, he, he runs he, and he, he escapes and well, he's he an ex-marine. That's what I like. Right. Then later on they go, oh, by the way, I'm an ex-marine. And they go into that. And I was in Lebanon when the bomb exploded. Right. 241 guys. And his attitude of, of kind of being this lonely drifter but still doing the right thing kind of works. Okay, he's a marine. That's why he's doing the right thing. He's He's got like this honor. And he's sad because, you know, he's he's a survivor out of 241 guys. And he's clearly that's upsetting to him. I was like, I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed that I was trying to figure out his character, and then that kind of explains why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of movies where it would just be like, well, it's the drifter. We're good. We don't need a much of a background on him. And I would have been okay with that, but I kind of liked the fact that they gave him a, at least a little bit of a past. Speaking of background, I, I didn't think we got a lot of background on Lyle. Like, I, I, don't, I didn't get the sense of what kind of guy he was in terms of... Because he's he's like oh drink with a fellow marine don't want to drink with me and then he finds out that he's obviously not who he says he is he's impersonating him and then I thought when he finds out that Wayne and Suzanne are were actually embezzled two million dollars and mm-hmm. he's trying to find it I this is now this is from my initial viewing not from when not for watching it before this for our podcast um, I thought that he he would like 
want to team up with him at least or like you know let's find this money together it kind of seems almost like he does why why else would he keep michael alive at that point he was kind of useless right i was kind of getting that especially in the car oh have this scotch oh you you think you're better than me almost like he's having say have this drink mm-hmm. drive the car he wants to trust them i i i, I want like well, we that i more. know michael's the lead character Mm-hmm. So I get I, so in the beginning when we learn about him and learn about how he doesn't lie for the application and how he doesn't steal that money, we learn about who Michael is in, in terms of for the rest of the story, and maybe learning about Lyle isn't really necessary. But I think I kind of wanted to get a scene where I get a sense of what type of psycho or what type of <laughs> um, gun for hire Lyle is. Does he have a code? Does he have honor? He, he clearly doesn't towards the end. But like. Right. I thought I, I don't know I I was kind of like I really wanted to know a little bit more about because it's really just Dennis Hopper playing this guy it's just Dennis Hopper a version of Dennis Hopper well I think that's why he's, he's more yeah. interesting maybe that's why you want to explore more because Dennis Hopper's a very he always plays a very Dennis Hopper character or at least at that point in his career but right when we talked it's to, a very interesting version of him no and we talked about how he was initially going to be Wayne in casting did I, did I we talk, did not so that, oh okay. so yeah so. <laughs> Initially, he was Dahl wanted Hopper to play Wayne, and he, Hopper didn't want to, so he and he insisted, he pushed to play Lyle, and then he ultimately got it. Which I don't know. I think that's probably the best move. I can't see him playing Wayne because J T. Walsh plays it so well. Like I, I love that J T. Walsh is like kind of a frustrated character when he's he's talking to his deputies. Like he almost doesn't seem like he knows what to do. And he's a little meager at that point, and the deputies almost kind of supersede him in terms of knowing the job. Right. And then the other scene where the younger deputy gets shot and Wayne gets upset about it, and he's like, no! That's, to me, I, I can't see Dennis Hopper playing that that character, at least at, at that point in his career. His villain from Speed, you know, King Koopa. Well, speed, uh, well Speed's like at, well, that. It's well, very Dennis Hoppery. Well, Red Rock, yeah, I screwed mm. up. I couldn't do it. Well, Red Rock West was kind of like Hopper did this and then after this he started on the scene again he did Super Mario Brothers maybe it was such a choice to do movies Speed uh, True Romance you know so he started doing I think movies that maybe more people would see more audiences could see him from because before this like the only movie that I was going through his list the only movie that he you would would remember from was Paris Trout but that was another indie what about the um his big one, the, the the motorcycle one. Why can't I think of oh, the title? Oh, uh, Easy Rider. Easy Rider. That was that was in the seventies or sixties. So you're saying he was forgotten? This is him trying to get back after that. Long. I'm saying that him do well. He was that's do, what put he him on was, the map. He was working, but I'm but like I'm t- in terms of like mainstream, maybe like younger audiences. Let's put it that Being way. Being a name, right? Right. Because okay. someone like me, eighteen, watching this in 1993, probably doesn't know who Dennis Hopper is because before that. I'm going to go through it again. Before that, he's done a bunch of movies, but the only thing I can remember is like Parrish Trout. And uh, yeah, that's it. Pickup <laughs> Artist, that's a while back. So yeah, you're, you you know. Well, I take it back because he was in Hoosiers in 86. But again, that's nine. That's, there's, what's that, eight years, seven years between that? Yeah. So, so yeah. So then because after Red Rock West, then you had Super Mario Brothers, True Romance, Speed, Waterworld. You, then you started seeing him in more stuff, and that might have just been younger audiences kind of catching on to him at that point. So, well, so that's like the kind of character he played. Then is very similar after that. Like that's what he caught on to. Like all right, that's what yeah, he's gonna be yeah. No, no doubt, no so maybe doubt. Lyle is the progenitor of all these characters. 
I would say I I could say just talking about the actors and characters. I would say that you can make an argument. We talked about it already. How we both miss J T. Walsh. That you can make an argument that J T. Walsh is a forgotten character actor. Oh, absolutely. I, my my last note in this whole thing is just I like J T. Walsh. Yes. That's my last note that I wrote. That I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna run off a bunch of movies that that he's in that he's 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 really good. In it. He's actually even good in the Dark Skies TV show. Yes. Do you remember? Okay. So Pleasantville and The Negotiator. Uh, breakdown. He's in Executive Decision, Sling Blade, Nixon. He's in The Last Seduction. So he's. What's the one I'm thinking about? Help me. What's the one I'm thinking about? Backdraft. No. He's in uh, uh, Tom Cruise. Few Good Men. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's in a t- like. I, if someone's listening to this and they don't know who JT Walsh is. If you saw a picture of him, you would be like, "Oh, that guy!" Absolutely, because he right, and he's he was great. He was great in everything. He and fun fact: negotiator is on our uh, list. You put that on the list. Oh wow, what does that mean? Nothing. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I I I I haven't seen negotiator in quite some time. I enjoyed it. I don't know if I loved it as much as you did. I don't want to go on the tangent because we'll get to that. I don't. I know honestly, the <laughs> tangents are why people come. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you also speaking of actors? You also noticed that Dwight Yoakam was in it. I saw him in the credits, but I didn't. know. He was a truck driver. Oh, oh, was he? Yeah. Who apparently uses that's his that's his own gun. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like he he used, he was like I guess he brought the gun to set and use it. And he, I, the song at the end of the movie is him. I knew the song at the end because I, I saw him in the credits and I saw his last song. I was like, oh, he must have been a background actor in something. Yeah. So, no, he was there. He was like, get off my truck. He was that guy. So, yeah, that's another thing. There's also a lot of good lines in this movie. Fuck Mexico? <laughs> well, I, well, I also, I like, uh, oh, what is he? Oh, when he gets in the car, the second car, and he sees it's on E, he's like, fucking story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was laughing there. And then, obviously, at the end, when he pushes her off the train, and she's like, that's our money. He's like, you want it? Go get it. Yep. <laughs> and then obviously, adios, Red Rock. Although, you know, that was fine. Although I do like, I also like the, the, the line back and forth when when they're kissing and he's and she's like, you're married. He's like, marriage is just, she's like, marriage is a state of mind. Uh, he's like, we're not in Texas. And he's like, we're not in Texas. That's a great line. I'm not a huge fan. Of you're that. not a huge fan of that because you've probably heard it again or heard it before, but this is probably the first time that kind of dialogue was said. Marriage is a state of mind. Yes. I know. I get you. I get you. People say stupid things when they're trying to get with other people. Yeah. Butler. yeah. But I actually like that line. Like, you know, not in Texas. We're not in Texas. I do like the not Boom. in Texas yeah. line. Because I'm like, oh, in Texas, it's real serious. I just, there's, but, there's a lot of nice lines in the script right. that, you know, that pretty much place throughout there's also a lot of which i enjoyed there's a lot of communicating without dialogue sure um that happens a lot like, between the characters especially with nicholas cage because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue he's a man of fewer words um which i kind of like in this film he's it's his reaction to people and his reaction to trying to hide the truth or realizing he got caught when he's in the when he's in the truck with um Wayne trying to convince well, why don't you just let me go and he's kind of watching him and he's trying to figure out his reaction to everything when they're in the closet and Wayne is looking through his desk and realizes <laughs> oh maybe that is and then he finds out oh the deputies come out and go hey you're an embezzler the FBI's coming and it's just he's got to be quiet in that scene but the communication between uh, Suzanne and Michael is, is very strong you can tell what both of them are thinking without any dialogue between the two of them and I like the fact that the deputies aren't dumb. 
Like I love that's a note I have in there. Yeah, because too many times you it's it's almost cliched. Like you know that like they they can't they're not there's too not quote unquote stupid to figure it out. I can't solve the case. Right, it's that just that guy's gonna get away with it. Yeah, you're almost expecting them to. So many movies that we have seen just you know not catching on to what's going on, but they're just like you know what's this all about? And yeah. I thought that was that was a good. That was a good change of pace, which is sad because if the cliche is that the deputies are always stupid, you know, if we're always expecting that, that's what does that say about us and or what movies we're watching? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> um, I also I actually like the theme throughout the. But I mean, would you argue? Would you well, not argue? But would you agree that the entire theme of this movie is that no good deed goes unpunished? Could you? Would you agree that that's probably the theme of this? We pause because we're waiting for Mr. Butler to decide. I, I guess that's the theme. Well, if it's not the theme, what would you think? Don't lie. <laughs> Don't lie, yeah. I thought you were supposed to be here last Friday. I was beginning to think I'd have to find somebody else. You are here for the job, aren't you? You must be Wayne. Yes. You're Lyle from Dallas, right? Right. That um. Because because you know, just you'd be a good man all your life, but you judge by one bad decision. Well, well, let me just make the argument for what I'm trying to say first. Okay, so no good deed goes unpunished. He he. He he doesn't. He tells them the truth about the application. Doesn't get the job. Okay, I get. I'm already on track. Okay, okay. you know what I'm saying. I get like, what you're saying. Yep. Okay, like he helps the guy who gets shot, the boyfriend that gets he shot. Gets back in town only to get caught by the sheriff. Right, if he right. Gotten away. You know, yep. like all like that that stuff. You know, like helping her even the end, but finds out that she's an embe- she's one of the embezzlers. You know, yep. fi- you know helping that, her on the train. Right. And then maybe she that shoots him. Maybe that's his theme. Maybe that's uh, Michael's theme. Mm-hmm. No good deed goes unpunished. Right. All right. Cool. I'm glad we agreed on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I liked? I liked uh, Timothy Carhart as the uh, the kind of like the main deputy. Yeah. I okay. I gotta look. Like, I, well, he's on the X Files. He's been in a few things I've seen him in. Over he's in the everyone. Years. Apparently, he's in Yellowstone, which I still have to see, which I've heard was very good. Um, oh yes, I've, I it is good. Looks like he plays a lot of cops. But I, <laughs> no, I typecast. Oh man, for forever. But this guy works, which is is fine because he's very good in this movie. Oh, I know where I saw him from. He's Sigourney Weaver's boyfriend in the first Ghostbusters movie. He's the violinist. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was like, I, I know him. <laughs> um, but I thought he was very good. He kind of takes control of the situation after they find out. Well, yeah, because you know. yeah, he figured it out, and then yeah. you know, and then he's when they go to the fire, they go to the house that's on fire. He realizes that it's a distraction, and goes back. I just love the fact that he has the woman working. Uh, just manning the manning the radio with the dead body right, right behind. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, she's like, he's like, just push the button, just let us know when somebody. Calls. I was really waiting for her to mess up at that point and like not call him to the cemetery. Yeah, accidentally press a different button. The one thing that we keep talking about is are the are the characters, are the actors, are every all the performances basically, and I think that that goes a lot to the script. And you know, like I know that I talked about the lighting, the TV lighting, as you did as well. But I think the fact that we don't really, we're not really like harping on that, right. is because I, with the characters are drawn out well, and and the acting is and and the, and the lines, everything's done well in that regard. It's character driven, which right. really works. And so it's, oh. it's the mystery. Like there's always a twist and turn. As much as I think there's maybe one too many crisscrosses, it keeps you watching it. It keeps you guessing. It keeps it going. Because the mystery isn't really that mysterious. 
but the crisscrosses are what you keep watching for. He's going to work with this guy. Okay, now Lyle's going to betray Wayne. Now they want to work together. And now, right. You know, how is Michael going to get out of the the increasingly bad situation that he keeps getting put in? Well, I mean, when they're on their way, when they're in the car on the way to where he buried the money, obviously everyone is trying to work an angle on their way there. You know, trying to figure, maybe not Michael so much, but like, you know, Hopper's going to like, you know, kill them all or, you know, J.T. Walsh is going to, or excuse me, Wayne is going to, you know, kill um, Lyle. Lyle, yep. You know, so it's clear that it, on their way there, they're they're all trying to work some kind of angle, which is cool. Which is which is which is you know, and you're we're already engrossed in that because of everything that's come before. Right, right. I don't know. I think being a writer, I think that's probably why I enjoy this movie so much. Is because I I just like the way the story comes together, and I like the fact that it's 98 minutes that I'm not watching a two and a half hour epic. The runtime is great. I, I really enjoy the runtime because it really keeps it tight. And I think part of that is you follow those characters. You don't go too far. Like as much as you, you'd want to see more about Lyle's backstory, I think it helps that you don't, because it's it's so you know laser focused on the mystery and Michael, and you don't have any extraneous stuff happening that you don't need, which is great. And this is also pre Crazy Cage, pre like, oh, yep, you know yep. what I mean, Con Air Cage, and and just kind of like you know, just raising Arizona. Right, right. I want to be an actor, Cage. Well, at the <laughs> beginning, he had a lot to prove because he didn't. He wanted to step out of his family's shadow. He didn't want to be a Coppola. Well, what's funny is that he did this movie because Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola, suggested it to him because he really because Coppola is a fan of, was a fan of Doll at the time. I'm sure he still is, but um, so he insisted like he's like, oh, you should do this movie. So I mean, as much as he wants to get out of his shadow, oh, he I would mean, never go yeah. if he wasn't a Coppola, <laughs> but. I mean, he does kind of... he Doing these movies in the early 90s really did put him as... He was Nicolas Cage. He wasn't, you know... Uh, you know, if you didn't already know the history, if you weren't like a film buff maybe and didn't know that stuff, you go, oh, yeah, he's he's related to Francis Ford Coppola. People go like, what? Really? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I get that. And I think that these movies like this, like Red Rock West, like Raising Arizona, they really put him in, you know, his own spotlight. Your friend, the ranch hand, he's been shot! You mean Kurt? Yeah. What happened? I don't know. I, he was lying in the road, and I took him to the hospital. Now pack your bags and get going. Is he alive? Yeah. They know who shot him? No, he was unconscious. But I wouldn't be surprised if I found your gun-crazy husband had something to do with it, would you? Well, I mean, he he basically, and I don't know why, but like once he won his Oscar for leaving Las Vegas, he, at that point, it was like... A shift change into like what movies he did, and that maybe that comes from winning the Oscar. I, it obviously comes from winning the Oscar. Yeah, I want to put an Academy Award winner in my movie. Right. So I mean, and I don't fault that for him. You know, like go for it. But although I will say that he did like Honeymoon in Vegas. He did that before this movie. That's that's ninety two. That's actually I, I like that movie where the, all the Elvis impersonators. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that, that's not a bad. Movie. I can yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. So I mean, what's up? It's cheesy, but I like. It. Right. Right, so I mean, he's—you're definitely right when like the movies that he was doing before this are more like indie-based, like you know, Peggy Sue Got Married, Cotton Club, Moonstruck. Even though Moonstruck, he almost won for uh, Wild at Heart. So yeah, Rumblefish—that's way back, Valley Girl. So yeah, so correct. But then like once he got, because after this he does, you know, he's in that. He well, I'm not. He's in Guarding Tess, and it, like he's in these movies that were not big budgeted. There was a shift at some point. Usually movies, 
you'd have like a movie that had like a forty million dollar budget, thirty million dollar budget, sixty million dollar budget, and there was at some point it became, and up until recently it, it was movies made between 20 and 80 million weren't done aren't done anymore it's either a huge budgeted movie or something really small that is bought by a studio Mm -hmm. so you don't see movies like it could happen to you regarding test trapped in paradise you know those movies are made with a modest you know modest budget with a couple of name actors so while you we have my you might i do remember any of those movies that i just said guarding test that's it that's it okay so it could happen to you was when he wins a lottery ticket and Bridget Fonda's a waitress, and he splits it with and Rosie Perez is his wife. I've seen that on okay. TV, yep. Trapped in Paradise is with John Lovitz and uh, Dana Carvey were the three brothers. Damn. No. So, Although okay. Dana Carvey and John Lovitz, like, I I would probably want to watch them. Yeah, he's like the older brother to them. Or, yeah, I think he's the older brother, and basically they're like they're like thieves or something like that, and they like get trapped. Paradise is a town. It's okay. A, it's a Christmas movie. It's actually, it's okay. Once he, won, once he did Leaving Las Vegas... That was 95. Then it's like The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, Snake Eyes, yeah, City of Angels, uh, Gone in 60 Like He just started doing a bunch of these big, 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 big movies. Of, yeah. So you never really, you've never really kind of gone back to the movies that like Red Rock West and the, these movies. I don't think he ever has. Oh, he did um, that remake, uh, Bad Lieutenant. Wasn't he in Oh, uh, yeah, but that's like... I'm not saying it. I, I don't enjoy it. I didn't like it. I don't know if that's a remake. I think that's a like a sequel, like just a like a soft reboot kind of something effect. like that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's not like I, I don't want I don't like I, like we miss JT Walsh. I miss early '90s Cage. Like, just I don't know. I don't know what I miss about it. I haven't seen his new one that everybody likes, Molly or something like that. Oh, um, Mandy, Mandy. Yeah, yeah, where he goes after the cult. I've heard that was very good, but you know, it's a lot of a lot of his film choices now are based on you know money, just money because he owes so much. Yeah, but that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to fault that. I'm, and I'm, I just I'd like to see. Well, who cares about that? So, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you, because we always ask this question, why do you think this movie was forgotten? I mean, I have some ideas, but why do you think that this movie was kind of like no one really talks about it that much? Um. I mean, because you didn't know about it when I talked to you about it, right? I did not. Right. No. Okay. Uh, it's in between a lot of his other really good movies. Sure. Uh, I think when you think about Nicolas Cage, it's his other movies that kind of came out that were more widely released. The Rock. Well, not the The Rock. <laughs> Stanley but, Goodspeed. Um, leaving Las Leaving Las Vegas. Do you remember Arizona. Leaving Las Vegas though? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I always I always do it at work. Every time I get a bottle for the bar, I'm always I always grab it. And I always do that the yeah. dance he does. <laughs> it's, what's wrong with me? <laughs> so I mean, the, the, these movies really established Nicolas Cage's uh, career, and no one really remembers Red Rock West because it wasn't widely released. Laura Flynn right. Boyle isn't a a big name. JT Walsh, although everybody loves him if they've seen him and stuff, he's kind of he's a character. He's, he's a, character a character actor. actor. Yeah, yeah. And Dennis Hopper, I mean, after this, like you said, he did. King Koopa, he did speed. He did all these characters, like uh, although it's notorious for bad reasons. Uh, it, it is larger than life characters. Like this was Lyle's pretty larger than life, but then Koopa and I can't remember his the bad guy's name in Speed. I don't know. Uh, uh, blow up, uh, bomb blow up guy, guy, bomb blow guy, up speed guy was uh, pop quiz hot shot. That's not. Us. They, were such, <laughs> they were such enhanced versions of that villain. Uh, that I think just maybe people the, didn't get to watch the it. The bomber. I don't know. I think it really would have worked if this was shown on TV more. I would have watched this if it was more like on, you know, where we live. There's like WTIX 11 would always show like the movie of the days on Saturdays and Sundays at six o'clock. Where I would watch movies like this mm-hmm. all the time. 
Um, Just so you know, his name was Howard Payne in Speed. Howard Payne. Oh, man, I don't even remember that. You Now you know. Feel the pain. <laughs> um, I You know what's funny that you say that? Because I think it's forgotten for a couple of reasons. And I think this is one of the movies that's forgotten, um, much like Sorcerer, much like uh, The Star Chamber, I, uh, the, those two that we have done. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is an older movie. So I think people now who are 18 now who are trying to find film don't know about this movie right uh and quite honestly there was no way for us to get it you know like if you know what i mean if i wanted to share this movie with somebody i can't be like go down go rent it go you know what i mean go go get it somewhere it's not even available for you to rent nope right not even like an amazon or right you have to buy it you have to make that commitment to own it and that's basically and how i mean now i don't know if it's on criterion channel so i don't i mean it could be uh, but Criterion Channel right now is fairly new. If I had looked, I it would have popped up if I had looked. Okay, up. so let's say it's not. Yeah, there's really no way to share this movie with anybody, and I think that's that's kind of crappy because if there's a lot of movies that I have seen that I when we talk about films, and I'm always like, did you see this? No, did you see that? Oh, you got to see this. You got to see that. But I can't. There's no way for me to get them to you because there's no way for me to get them. Right. So I think that that's probably why this movie will probably people won't remember this movie and that's too bad because and I I think a lot of it has to do with age the fact that it's from 1993 yep the fact that it's early cage the fact that it's not it wasn't a big film it was a limited release it's an indie the you know I, I think that all adds up to a movie that, not that I want to you know champion this walk around and be like Red Rock West you need to watch it you know, but like there are a lot of movies like this movie that I grew up with that I simply cannot share with people that are want to be in film or, or love movies because there's simply no way for them to watch it. And I think that it's probably forgotten and it will continue to be forgotten until it's made available. And and that's a shame because, it, 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 like I said, there are tons of there's probably if we ran through the list of all the films that I remember back in the early 90s, late 80s, you probably, you know, there, uh, there's probably no way, 80% of them I probably couldn't get you to see because I couldn't find them anywhere. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be curious because this is episode, what, 14 for us? 13. 13. So we've only done 13 films. I'd be, I'd be curious to see, as we go through all these forgotten cinemas, how many other films we have on this list that we're not going to be able to find. That's true. How many of that you're going to have to loan me the DVD or I'm going to have to loan you because we <laughs> bought it so long ago then it, you can't find it. We're going to have to go down to some flea market and, you know, meet some dude and give him a 10. <laughs> and be like, go get me this Red Rock West. That's no. almost what I had to do. It was almost impossible. Right. Luckily you had it, but. I'm here for you. Thanks, man. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's why it was forgotten. I, I do think it's a good movie. I think maybe also it's. I mean, at the beginning of this podcast, we list we listed off a bunch of other films. It's it's quite yeah, similar to very similar to. I mean, the movies that we listed off. off, you if you haven't seen any of them, if you like crime noir, you like kind of shady characters and just kind of like like you're talking about crisscross, but just people that are not who they say they are. Yeah. And then then you know the movies that we listed off like Blood Simple, not Red Rock West, I mean, Last Seduction. Uh, I can't think of any off no the top country. of my head. No Country for Old Men. Um, any Coen Brothers movie you should watch. They're Mil- very, they're, a lot yeah. of them are Western. Miller's Crossing, which is more of a 20s. Yeah. Uh, which I love. And it's great that I can't remember the time the time <laughs> period. Uh, these, then you, you should try to find these movies because they are 
They're really good. And and I mean, I'm just, I mean, obviously I'm going to recommend this movie. I know we always say like, hey, would you tell people to watch this? Yes. I mean, I think you should watch this movie. This movie's really good if you want to be somebody who tells story for a living. You know, even if you just want to be just a writer, novel writer, short story writer, actor, uh, cinematographer, even though we talked about the lighting. <laughs> um this is one of those movies that I think you should watch. It was, it, like I said, it wasn't something that was. I watched Red Rock West, and I was like, I'm going to be a filmmaker because of this movie. It was one of those movies that I watched with a bunch of movies where I was like, I really like this. You know, I really, it like I would watch. We laugh when we watch these when I watch these movies because I can't get through these movies because I fall asleep at night. Yep. You know, that's that's the joys of children. And that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm joking. It's you know, that just uh, I can't stay up as late as I used to. But I would like Red Rock West, like this type of movie, like I'd watch like two or three at a night. I you know, I know you stay up to four AM in the morning. Yeah. Uh, that's where I would be, you know. I, I, but I would be watching movies, and, yeah. and so it was part of that collection of films that I would watch with my friends and other people. And my friends wanted to make movies and tell stories, and and we'd all watch them, and we just we would just be eating up all this indie film stuff and all this like the hidden gems that you would find at the video store. And this was one of those movies, so I would I would recommend this movie to anybody that anyone that likes film, anyone that's like, oh, I'm a cinephile. You know, and I'm like, well, then you should watch Red Rock West and Last Seduction and Blood Simple and all these stuff. So, yes. <laughs> I would, yes, yes, be my answer. I would say it is a very enjoyable film. It's very good. It's not maybe we've listed so many other films that are probably a little better than this. If you can catch it, do so. But I wouldn't go out of my way. I wouldn't say go go to the ends of the earth to watch it. Gotcha. If it pops up again on a streaming service or for rent for like a dollar. If you see it on Redbox, it's one of their classics that pop up every once in a while. Absolutely go rent it. But there's other films out there. It's it's good, but not so good that I had to hunt it down. Like If, if you didn't have the sure, copy, sure. having watched it now, I'd be like, oh, I I bought the DVD and waited two weeks for this. <laughs> um, so I, I did enjoy it. I hear you there. So what I want to say is that it, the next sound you will hear is me slapping Michael repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> because he's clearly off his rocker. Now uh, that's fine. I'm just joking. I understand. I get it. I mean, and I know that I'm coming at it from a different angle because of when I watched it. The same way with Collateral with right, you, right? Right. And that's fine. I'm not. I'm not. You know. So you I slap me, that. then I'll slap you. The reason I, I still got to <laughs> well, slap. Over. I'm taller than you, so I have. I'm, I'm going to do one of those things where I can hold my hand out, like they're doing, like the so little I'll just rascals. Kick you, in the nuts, I guess. you can't no. even reach, dude. I'm six <laughs> four. <laughs> We could try. <laughs> we could just see what you want to go for. I'm just kidding. But no, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> I guess we're done. All right. So that was Red Rock West. Um, I'm the podcast <laughs> saying it correctly. I'm shocked. <laughs> All right. So uh, why don't I, we've come to the time when we plug what we do and, and whatnot. Um, go ahead. You go first. Because I always let you, I always go first because I always think I don't have anything to plug. But, That's true. Which is still true, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I've got two other podcasts that I do. I've got Crackle and Open with Mike and Elise, where my fiance and I uh, talk about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. We crack open a different local beer every week. We're just craft beer in general. Um, it's been local lately, but we could go around the country drinking other beers. <laughs> Not go around the country, get beers from other countries. On the road with Cracking One Open. Yeah. Maybe eventually. But basically, we crack one open, we talk about what the beer is, how it tastes, what's in the beer, how it's brewed, 
about the brewery itself and the history of maybe the type of beer it is. And then we, while we're drinking that, we talk about the latest pop culture news, what's on Netflix, Hulu, um, HBO, what we're watching, stuff like that. So that's Cracker One Open with Mike and Elise. And then I've got Two Player Bros, a podcast by two brothers who play way too many video games, where my brother Alex and I talk about all things video game related, news, previews, reviews, um, covering every system, every genre. And both those podcasts are available wherever podcasts can be found. Do you do app-based games too? I've told him I would like to stay away from them because most of them are really pay to win and... Okay. I don't like that, and he's especially against that. But you know, if there ends up being a mobile game that's so big, like if while we're doing this podcast, a Pokemon Go comes out, right, or like uh, Angry Birds three or something like that, yeah, something that big, absolutely, yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, I'm curious. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your plugs. If that's what the viewers want, <laughs> they, they want the randomness of your questions, Mike. They demand Temple Run reviews. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> or yeah, the Despicable Me one. That's what my kids play sometimes. No, they, you know what? I don't Minion know. Minion Run play. is pretty fun. I, I don't know what they play half the time. They play this weird. I don't know what they play. They play all these weird games. <laughs> I, I can mean, help you learn. I can help you. No, learn. I'm good. I don't. I'm still wa- kind of connected. I don't want to know what they play. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so basically, I've got two books out: Adam Parker and the Radioactive Scout. Pardon me, Adam Parker and the High School Bully. Um, those are available at Amazon.com for ebook and paperback. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got out right now. I mean, I mean, right now I'm doing a lot of writing. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a script that I finished up. I'm trying to get. You know, I know I keep mentioning my buddy, uh, my cinematography friend. We're trying to figure something out. Trying to get something done. So when when I know, you'll know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So will I be in it? So anyways, oh, no. <laughs> listen, man, you got like 45 podcasts you need to do. I don't want to take away from that. <laughs> I got time, man. I got time. <laughs> and join us next week when we'll be watching only the shadow knows the, sh- the we're watching the shadow. I don't know. We're watching the shadow. Alec Baldwin, 1994, one of Mike's favorites, right? Uh, not one of my favorites. Um, it's up there, though. Yeah. I do really like it. Yeah. So we'll be watching that. Penelope Ann Miller, John Lone. Who else? Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yes. I'm forgetting somebody. Ian McKellen. Yes, I was going to say Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So That's what we're doing next week. The Shadow. So, as always, thank you for listening to oh, Forgotten Cinema. Yes, but uh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Oh. We have to do our little shtick at the end when we do that. Oh, okay. What I was going to say was, please review the podcast or rate it or subscribe or tell your friends or share or shout it on the rooftops, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, to let to let people know what we're trying to do here, and uh, if you have any suggestions for movies that you would like us to do that you think maybe have been forgotten, you know, we have a contact form on the website, forgottencinemapodcast.com. dot mm-hmm. Feel free to fill that out. I would also say like whatever movie you suggest, also tell us why you think it's forgotten because that would help us as well. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So so if, if you're going to suggest a film, just be like, hey, I think a lot of people didn't forget this because. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's all I wanted to say. So as always, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you have listened to Forgotten Cinema. No, that's wrong. Let's do that again. That's wrong. I should say thank you. So anyways, as always, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. Thank you for listening to Forgotten Cinema. Right? No? Is that bad? This is the first time you've ever said that that way. Well, how have I said it before? Uh, and this has been Forgotten Cinema. Fuck! All right. <laughs> Third time. <laughs> As always, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Has it, though? I don't know. I'm still really tired. (laughs) (laughs) I need another monster. You got it.
go get it. Uh. 